What's up, Liberty lovers? You're listening to Break the Cycle with me, Joshua Smith. For the next 30 or so minutes, I'm going to need you to sit down and buckle up because we're flipping tables and talking liberty and it ain't always pretty. Welcome to episode two of Break the Cycle with me, Joshua Smith. Look, guys, I decided that I'm going to try and release two podcasts a week, one solo and one interview with someone who's awesome or someone who sucks that I'm going to ridicule relentlessly. Today, we have someone who is awesome, thankfully, Buck Johnson. Buck is the host of one of my favorite podcasts, Death to Tyrants. We also have a ton of music in common, both growing up in the hardcore scene. So I love this guy to death, even though he's a Raiders fan. So without further ado, let's get into it. Hey, Buck, thank you so much for being my first guest on Break the Cycle. How the hell are you, man? I'm good, Josh. Thanks for having me on. I'm stoked to be here and uh, be one of your supporters. Yeah, I appreciate you coming on, man, especially for this uh, bottom of the barrel podcast that's just starting out. And, uh, you know, we, we got we already got the big names coming in. I love it. Good. Well, I, I hope I can uh, at least give you the death to tyrants like small bump if we if uh, we can call it that. Hey, man, I, your podcast is one of my favorite podcasts. You know what I mean? Well, good. So, hey, why don't you uh, start off by telling us a little bit about yourself and your journey to liberty? Okay. Um, I live in Austin, Texas for now. Um, let's see. I got into this stuff. I'm 43 years old. I got into this Liberty stuff, I would say, in the late 90s. I moved to Austin in 98, and I started listening to Alex Jones on the radio here. Uh, for those of you who don't know, I, mean, I know most of y'all know who he is, but he was giant here in Austin before he kind of grew uh, elsewhere um, because he lives here and he was on the FM radio dial here all the time and back then he wasn't quite so crazy and he talked to Ron Paul a lot he had Ron Paul on the show quite often and I started hearing him and then I read a book by a guy named Harry Brown who ran for the Libertarian Party uh, president the candidate for president in 2000 I believe he was in 96 too although yeah, I both both I didn't know uh, of libertarianism back in 96, but I read his book called The Great Libertarian Offer, and uh, that was right around 2000, and my mind was blown so much. I was kind of into politics before that, enough to find that book somehow. I Looking back, I can't remember. This was almost pre-internet for my life. You know, it's not like it was a big deal that you just get on Amazon and start typing stuff. I don't know right. how I came across that, but I did. And I couldn't go back mentally to where I was before I read that book. I was switched. And it's that window. That window, was. once you open it, you that's can't right. go back. And that's what that was for me. And, and then I started hearing, like I said, Ron Paul. And I kind of dipped my toes into the conspiracy world, of course, shortly after that. 9-11 happened. And Alex Jones, like I said, was a big deal here. I was friends with another guy on the radio here named Jack Blood that was also into that uh, stuff. And so I kind of ran in those circles, somewhat conspiracy, somewhat libertarian. The Ron Paul stuff was there. And I was young. I was in my 20s, and I'm in Austin, Texas. I'm a musician. And so I was partying a lot. Never super serious about politics, but I was kind of involved in that. And then in 2008, uh, I saw that Ron Paul, of all people, was running for the Republican nomination to be president. And I, I remember exactly where I was when, and what I was reading when I saw that. I was reading the Austin Chronicle, and I could not believe it. And I was so stoked 
that this guy, I, I was a little bit naive to thinking, I think he's going to win it, you know? And, <laughs> you know, I just, I was young. I thought this is going to be amazing. And so I got heavily involved in the Ron Paul stuff. I was playing drums for a guy named Jimmy Vaughn, who was a big blues player here in Austin. And he was close friends with Ron Paul and Alex Jones. Um, and so we got involved in that movement. I was playing festivals for Ron Paul, played the one, the giant one in 2008 in Minnesota. And that's where I started seeing also Tom Woods at these events. I would see him speak. And so I started buying his books. I'm sorry, are you, are you talking about uh, Neo-Confederate? That's the one. In fact, the first book I got, I believe, uh, from him was the Politically Incorrect Guide to American History. And I did actually have an interest in politics uh, as far as um, history, excuse me, history as far as the Civil War and all that stuff. I had studied a lot of that. And I thought, this is my neo-Confederate soulmate. No, I'm, jo- I'm joking. Um <laughs> So I started reading Tom Woods and then again got involved in the Ron Paul campaign in 2012. Again, played with Jimmy at the festival in uh, somewhere in Florida and was started to get exposed to deeper names. Like uh, after you read Tom Woods, then I somehow stumbled upon the Mises Institute and Murray Rothbard. It's funny that it took this long involved in libertarianism, like I said, probably 12 years before I came upon... Murray, um, Ludwig von Mises, and Henry Hazlitt. I guess I had read Hazlitt, I think, already at that point. But I start reading all this stuff, and then once again, like you mentioned, it was that window, and I couldn't go back to normal libertarianism. I, I would say I was somewhat of a reasonite libertarian for the past decade uh, before that, and then I jumped in big time to the Mises stuff, and then I read Lou Rockwell. And I, every time I found a new name in this world, it was like more pure and so principled. And I, and I was really like pulled towards that direction. And so these guys, that's kind of where I find my home in libertarianism sure. is that Mises wing of it. And, and I've had a chance to interview several of them on my podcast and it's it's awesome. So that's kind of where I find myself now. And then I started getting into the hearing the podcast. You know, I'd say that was maybe 2015 or so. And it started with Stapleton, Tom Woods. Uh, then I stumbled upon Dave Smith. And eventually I started thinking, I, I want to meet these people. I want to talk about this stuff and put it on record. And uh, one way to meet them and interview them is to have my own podcast. And so that's where I'm at now. Hey guys, are you just like me? Do you suffer from anxiety? Maybe you have bad knees or a bad back. Maybe you're not sleeping the way you should, or you have a bad appetite. If any of these things apply to you, you should check out NorthSpokaneCBD.com. That CBD there is powerful, potent, great stuff. I use it religiously. I use the Granddaddy Purple all day, every day. I use Slumber when I need to get some sleep. And I use the Deep Relief when my knees are killing me from wrestling for 14 years. If you have any issues that can be solved by CBD, definitely check out NorthSpokaneCBD.com. And upon checkout, put in Smith2020 for a 15% discount. 
Absolutely. That's what I'm that's what I'm doing right now. There you, you know what I mean? Yeah. Although all these people have already had me on their podcast. I'm like, yeah, maybe it's time for me to start a podcast. There's not enough hours of podcast out there of me. So I was like, I need my own podcast now, you know. I will uh, say, um, <laughs> after hearing your first episode, it was neat to hear you uh kind of give your perspective and spin on just recent happenings rather than because we all know the Joshua Smith that's running for LNC chair and in your military background, and I thought it was neat to hear this other side of you. Right. I appreciate that. And now people know that I'm kind of funny. You yeah. Know? Yes. Yes. <laughs> I could not stop laughing. I appreciate that. I'm sure it was the funniest thing you've ever heard. <laughs> Everyone let Dave Smith know that. That's right. Uh, yeah, anyways. Dave. Yeah, your comedy, your comedy career is in jeopardy. Josh is coming for you. So in the beginning of this, during the intro, I talked a little bit about how, you know, you and I find our roots in, in music and stuff, too. And and uh, we both have a deep love for the hardcore scene, especially the scene of the past. Yes. So for me, I found a lot of my politics there, you know, like a lot of the hardcore bands have always had pretty deep individualist undertones to their lyrics, like the can't break me, stand your ground in yep. your face type lyrics. Yeah. So what are your, you know, what are some of your favorite bands in the genre? And would you agree that that like pull yourself up by the bootstrap sentiment largely exists in the hardcore scene, or at least that it did at some point before the, you know, the new kind of age hardcore where it's more like left leaning? Yeah. In fact, uh, my podcast, uh, Death to Tyrants, one of the reasons I use that phrase is because Sick of It All uses it in... One of their songs, I can't think of it off the top of my head, but Sick of It All is one of those bands that always kind of had a libertarian feel. And I actually don't know their politics. I've never seen an interview with them where they discuss it, but they had a song called Always War that was basically against the war party. And they've mentioned Death to Tyrants, and it's they've always felt like individualist, libertarian, that vein to me. And yeah, like you said, I've always thought... Hardcore in general, like the old hardcore, the real hardcore, um, as many aspects of my life, including politics, it's kind of, it's underground, and it's an organic feel, it's a real feel, and it's a no BS feel, and that's kind of, I view libertarianism the same way, like, you, you have to dig deeper than the surface of a puddle to discover hardcore music, if you're into music at all. And the same with libertarianism, and it, and it starts to have a real feel to it, and that's that's uh, that's what I like about hardcore music and uh, libertarianism as well. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, one of the first. So for me, like one of the first um, hardcore albums that I ever bought was Black Flag's Damaged, right? And I mean, there was some serious undertones there about you know standing on your own and and you know it was just it was a good album that kind of opened me up to the the fact that society wasn't going to be easy on me at least you know <laughs> yes yeah and uh i was the same way with agnostic front oh, and yeah. AF, man. They, that's one of my favorites and they've sang lyrics against the police state and against welfare and so how cool is that? And recently I'm I'm friends with Roger on the singer from Agnostic Front on Facebook sure. And he was extremely insulted. His family's Cuban. And when Bernie Sanders came out in defense of Cuba, uh, Roger was not happy with that and felt of like not. these modern kind of modern day people that are just praising stuff like Cuba don't realize the struggle that those people went through. 
yeah, these, you know, these people who want the state sponsored socialist communist style, like revolutionary type of governance, they're so offensive to these people that have built garbage rafts to get yes. away from that kind of government to that, come here. You that's know, that's exactly right. You never see people from Florida risking their lives to swim to Cuba, yet it's like that the other way around quite a bit. But, Buck. Are you telling me that their socialized healthcare is not amazing? Apparently it's not. And not to plug my own show really quickly, but I'm about to interview in the next uh, week or so uh, a lady who grew up there and who was also not happy about the statements about their amazing healthcare and their amazing literacy uh, system. So I'm going to find out firsthand exactly how uncool it was. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. And it is just crazy to see these young kids running around that grew up, you know, middle class to upper class suburban neighborhoods that have never had to live a hard day in their life yeah. asking to have government like people like people that have had to flee those countries. It just doesn't make any sense to me at all. No, I think the way I've thought about it lately, I think we have an embarrassment of riches and partially, you know, brought to us through capitalism. And that's not a knock on capitalism. It's almost just one of those weird things that comes when you have everything you want in the society, you know, for the most part. And these young kids don't have a rough life. And it's like the old James Dean thing, like, you know, are you a rebel? Yeah, what do you got uh, to rebel against type thing? And I, I know I butcher that line horribly. But it's just kind of like they're, they have everything. So what can I be against? Uh, I guess the system that helped get me here. <laughs> right. I, I don't know. Right. Well, the, and the funny thing is that they never, you know, you never hear those types like banging the anti-war drum or, no. you know, it's like, it's like, look, I get it. You want free health care. You want free education. That's cool. But you never ask to end the warfare state to at least think about getting to that point. And that's like a third of our national budget. Like, how can you constantly talk about wanting all these things and never in the same breath say so we should end the warfare state it doesn't make any sense no and it's also for the same like embarrassment of riches reason because guys like you know the cost of war because you saw it and there's so many now these young people that are growing up you know in their teens uh, that don't go over there like you had to do. And so it's like yeah that happens on TV I see it it's a far away place. But I'm happy here. I've got all this stuff I have. I have my phone, my whatever. But it sure would be nice to have free college. And again, they know nothing about the Federal Reserve. They don't know how the money is going to be pumped into the system the same way it's being pumped into these wars in the Middle East. And it's stuff that they don't really connect yet mentally. Right. Well, and they weren't even alive when the policies that started subsidizing college educations that made these tuitions so out of control, expensive to begin with. They weren't even alive for that stuff. So they don't care. You know what I mean? And right. and those that's the really the 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 crux. I mean, the the basis of of why it costs so much to go to school is, you know, those subsidies to, you know, federal grants and all this great stuff. So, yeah, it's, it's pretty crazy. So. So what instruments do you play, Buck? I'm a drummer and you're only a drummer. I wish I could play more than that, but I, I, I have tried and I've discovered I'm pretty much meant to play drums. I play drums too, but I also play bass. But I picked up the bass. So if you're familiar with Vinnie Marshall on Facebook, uh, he has a lot of great things in the ANCAP movement. I think he's kind of moved on to like a pan-archist, voluntarist 
style. I mean, a lot of people don't like the word ANCAP anymore because people like Chase Rochelle's ruined it for us. But mm. um, he he and I have been best friends since we were like 14. And he he has always been in great bands where he was a singer or and a guitarist. And I had been in some metal bands that I sang in and hardcore bands that I sang in. I played drums in a couple of little bands here and there. And um, we kind of put this band together and he's like, you're going to play bass. And I'm like, dude, I've never played bass before. <laughs> you know what I mean? He's like, no, it's totally cool. You play the drums. You'll pick it up real fast. He was absolutely right. I mean, your right hand can literally just follow the, follow the drums and your left hand can follow the, the guitar fret. So it was like pretty easy to pick up, you know, basic bass like that. So uh, maybe, maybe you'll get there. Buck, I, you know? <laughs> that's if I had to obviously go towards a new instrument, it would be, the the bass because yeah like you said i know i got the rhythm part with my right hand it's just man those changes with your left aren't they so fast oh get you get pretty you get pretty good at it after a while i mean you just practice it but i picked it up you know i i think he he had me practicing the bass and within two or three weeks we were playing our first show so it was pretty quick that's hardcore (laughs) yeah yeah and it was it was like pop punky kind of rock stuff it was pretty fun and and so it wasn't super metal or anything i was you know i wasn't going all crazy so you talked a little bit about yeah uh, you like tom woods and lou rockwell and, and scott horton and some of these other people but what are your favorite podcasts are there any obscure podcasts that you listen to that you just love that nobody else knows about honestly all the people that listen to this show uh are the people that know you and that know me i don't think they're going to be obscure to them so no i mean uh, my daily routine is Tom Woods, three times a week, Dave Smith. I like Pete Quinones. Uh, I like Bob Murphy's show. Although, uh, Bob, uh, I don't even want to get into that, but I, I have a funny theory that um, why Bob won't be on my show, but I don't want to get too deep into that. Um, <laughs> let's see. I, you know, yeah, those guys, I, th- I know I'm going to be missing someone when I go down this list. Um, I do uh, the Mises Caucus guys that have uh, been putting... Uh, I think it's called Decentralized or something like yeah, that. Yeah, Decentralized I, Revolution. I'll yes. be on their on their show tomorrow, actually. So. That one's good. I've been listening to that, too. I listen to Scott, of course. And by the time I get through all of these, it's my, uh, it kind of fills up your day every day. And yeah. I find myself like, oh, God, I missed the episode from so-and-so. Um, but at obscure stuff, not not particularly. It's um, kind of your the the stuff that a lot of you guys listening probably like as well. I'm a giant I know we talked about this and you kind of threw a some shade my way on Facebook. Hey guys. Tired of constantly dealing with shadow bans and full out bans? Maybe you've lost too many Facebook profiles or Twitter profiles from saying things that they just don't agree with. Well, now I have the answer for you. Check out patrolin.com. It's the fair social media site that lets you see the content you want to see and gives you the opportunity to express yourself freely. Check them out today at P-A-T-R-O-L-L-I-N.com. Once again, that's patrolin.com. Get on the site now. Make sure that you put hashtag Smith sent me and they will make sure you get a verified badge for a limited time. Thank you guys so much. I'm a giant wrestling fan. 
Oh, oh yeah. I mean the real wrestling where we use chairs and tables. You're talking. You're talking about the <laughs> scripted, the scripted wrestling. Right. I'm and the one who likes the real wrestling because I actually did real wrestling for 14 years, Buck. When I first got into podcasts, uh, the way the the thing that led me to them was actually through wrestling. And so I started listening to Jim Ross's podcast, Stone Cold Steve Austin's podcast. And then through that, um, looking at podcasts, I was like, wait, damn, there's libertarian ones? How cool. And so that's kind (laughs) of actually how that came about. Nice. Yeah, absolutely. And then then the libertarian podcast. I mean, yeah, like you said, it could take up 24 hours of your day. It does. Uh, You're not a real libertarian unless you have your own podcast at this point, I believe. I know. Also, shout out to the Lions of Liberty guys. uh, I love those guys. guys. Yeah. Also. Yeah. Yeah. Like I said, I know I'm going to forget someone, but off the top of my head, that's a lot of the stuff I listen to. So, Buck, let's talk Libertarian Party. All right, I, okay. I listened to your uh, to your interview. Who was it with? Just the other day, you were talking about um, how you've come back to the Libertarian Party and stuff like that. So, what, was it with the Hornberger Revolution guys? Oh, yes, yes, yeah. that was the one. Yeah, absolutely. So, I know you thought it was a mess for quite some time. And so, what was it that made you feel like it was a mess that you kind of had to step away from for so long? The guy you're running against. Well, I don't know if you're running <laughs> against him, but you're running to replace him. Uh, pretty much, I wouldn't say solely him, but he was 90% of the issue. Yeah, I, uh, I hear that a lot. And, and, you know, that was a big problem for me in 2017. It was one of the reasons why I announced in 2018. And uh, he, he, you know, he hasn't, he has made a lot of hints uh, towards the fact that he is going to run again. So, you know, you never know. Uh, he could, he could feel he doesn't have enough support and, and not want to go down that road or he may run again. And who knows? We may get two more years of Sarwoke. You never no, know. So no. what, what what was the reason you came back to the Libertarian Party? Um, not to blow smoke, but because of you, Pete Quinones, both the same day, kind of shamed me into it. But I say that kind of jokingly. You guys both laid it out clearly like, duh, you want to sit on the sidelines and... Uh, let everything be fixed, and then, ooh, then Buck gets to jump back in all happy and gleeful. So, no, I want to be part of helping fix the party, and you're a giant part of that. Jacob Hornberger is a giant part of that, and that's why I jumped back in. And, and hearing Tom speak on it, Dave Smith speak on it, and and really all of you guys, and, and the Libertarian, uh, the Mises Caucus, the Libertarian LPMC, um, those guys are inspiring, man. Michael Heiss works so hard. And so... That guy doesn't sleep at all. No, it's ridiculous. <laughs> He's always doing stuff. And I mean, I know you do as well. You're flying to all these places, but you guys make me feel kind of like a bum. And I feel like my putting a podcast out every week takes a lot of time. So uh, yeah, really this whole organic grassroots movement really within a grassroots type organization has inspired me. And I just, Scott's pleased to, for people to get in yours, Pete's Jacob Hornberger, um, having people like you and Jacob that I can actually be proud to support, um, kind of makes it all fun for me. And I'm glad to be back in. Well, we appreciate having you Buck. but let's be honest. You joined cause you found out you could basically walk to the national convention. That's right. Yeah. <clears throat> Is it the JW Marriott? Well, J- I can Uber there. Yeah, why not? Uh, I actually, I stayed there. We had our LNC meeting there. It's a really nice hotel. I don't think uh, these people all around the country that are going to descend on Austin, Texas, May 21st through the 25th for the Libertarian National Convention are going to understand how 
absolutely beautiful that hotel is. Yeah, if you guys listening don't know about it, yeah, he's he's right. It's it's nice. It's one of the nicer hotels here in town, and uh, it's going to be something else. And it's funny because j- the month before, our Texas uh, state convention is in McAllen, Texas. I don't know if you're familiar with that, but it's... Uh, it's Pretty far not, south. It's not quite as nice. We'll put it that way. I'll be there. I'm oh, flying, you will? I'm flying in, so... Cool. All right. Yeah. Well, I, I hopefully will see you there because uh, I find out next week if I'm going to be elected a delegate. I will certainly be trying. Nice. Yeah, I can't miss the Texas the Texas State Convention. There's three conventions in the, in the country that if anybody's running for any office, they have to make it to. And it's the, the California State Convention because we have the biggest delegate count, 107 delegates to national convention. Uh, Texas is number two with 78 delegates. And then Florida is number three with 54 delegates. So those are your three biggest states. And and I, you know, I've done really well in Florida. It looks like we've kind of split the delegation in California, which is nice. Me and Joe Bishop Hinchman, at least. And then uh, we got to come to Texas and make my case and plead for the, the delegates there to, to vote for me so we can take this in a direction that I think is going to be more useful for the Libertarian Party going forward. Absolutely. Excellent. Cool. I uh, look forward to being down there then. Yeah, I can't wait, man. I'm looking forward to actually seeing you in person. Yeah, no kidding. We can actually have some of that whiskey you like. Yeah, I, I do enjoy my bourbons, man. And rye. I like rye, too, especially if you're going to mix it. You know, rye right. is a good one to mix. So, uh, hey, man, thanks a lot for being my first guest, Buck. I really appreciate it. Can you take some time to plug some things for people to find you? Yeah. Well, thanks for having me on, Josh. So it's the Death to Tyrants podcast. It drops every Monday. You can find it on any podcast catcher that's around as far as I know. And if you can't find it on one, uh, hit me up and message me and I'll make sure that it gets on there. It's at facebook.com slash death to tyrants podcast. You can find me on Twitter at Buck Rebel, B-U-C-K-R-E-B-E-L. What else? I got a Patreon. I hate I feel really weird always advertising. Rock your Patreon, man. Did you see what I've been doing for the last week? You, you got to get people subscribing. It's that's the only true. way us that's podcasters can survive. Patreon.com slash death to tyrants. I, it's just inherent in me. I'm not a salesperson. I always feel weird asking people for money, which is why I'm against it uh, going by force. So let's see. Also, I got t-shirts coming out quite soon and... Uh, I think you will dig them, Josh. If you're, I'll, I'll get one. You know, I will. That, you got one of my t-shirts. That's that's I did, yeah. And it's got that hardcore. Um, I, it's like the college jacket type writing that hardcore bands always use. But yeah, I think you'll dig it as well. Those should be out in about next week and a half or so. I'm all about one. Maybe you'll have one when I get to Texas for uh, McAllen. I'll pick one up from you. You got it. Yeah, that's a good idea. Um, yeah, absolutely. That's about all I can plug right now. And uh, I hope you guys enjoy the podcast. It's uh, always typically do interviews and this month we got one coming out on explaining every form of socialism because that's in the news right now everyone likes to differentiate it's it's uh denmark it's not venezuela so we go down break down all of that i got one breaking down the origins of the neocon movement and how horrible it's been for our country and other countries of course and uh i got some good stuff coming out so hope you guys give me a follow Sick. Thanks a lot. Uh, hey, Buck, I got one more question for you. Are yes. you ready to break the cycle? Let's break the cycle, Josh. Hell that's why yeah. I, That's why I'm in this damn thing. That's what I'm talking about, buddy. Hey, thanks a lot again, Buck. I, I will uh, see you in just about a month in Texas. Excellent, Josh. Thanks for having me on. Hey. 
Are you looking to advertise your business with a quickly growing podcast? Well, aren't you in luck? I have one spot left to advertise your business with a quickly growing audience. We're talking fast. And that's not the best part. The best part is it's dirt cheap. Since we're at the ground floor, we're talking you're going to get eight 40-second, count them, eight 40-second ads per month nationally distributed around the country. So make sure you email me quickly because that spot will be gone fast. Hey guys, thank you so much for checking out episode two of Break the Cycle with me, Joshua Smith. I hope you guys enjoyed what you heard. My goal is going to be to put out a solo podcast every Tuesday morning and then a guest interview at least by Friday. I'm guessing Friday evening or Friday morning, whatever works better for me because this show is all about me and not you guys and not your schedules. I'm just kidding. I love you all. Uh, So if you liked it, please go over to Break the Cycle with Joshua Smith on Patreon, throw five or 10 smackers a month at us so we can do this full time while I travel around the country doing activism as well. As many of you know, I may end up being the full-time national chairman of the Libertarian Party. Uh, I know a lot of you guys support me and I, I can't. I can't explain enough how much your support means to me. Uh, You guys have really helped put me where I'm at right now. I couldn't have done it without you. So right now there's some cool tiers over there at Patreon, but we're going to be adding more. Uh, You can also get inside of the Discord to discuss the show with other fans. Um, Please also subscribe to my YouTube channel, Fight the Despots. I'll be releasing uh, the non-exclusive um, um, interviews and podcasts there uh, on, you know, for your listening pleasure. Um, Follow me at Twitter at Joshua at large. Hit that favorite button on Anchor and follow me on Spotify. Uh, we're also now on Podbean, uh, Google Music. Uh, God, every I mean everything. So just find Break the Cycle with Joshua Smith and, and you'll get there. Uh, anyways, thanks again, guys. I'll see you next week and let's make sure to break that cycle.